Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Hey, have you ever gone through a situation where you felt like you just couldn't handle what was in front of you? Maybe you're a parent right now and you feel like you're in over your head with your kids, or maybe you're unmarried and feel lonely during this stage of your life. Or maybe you're feeling tired as you're serving God. And you know, we oftentimes despise these times of hardship, but what if God is using your situation to teach you something? In today's episode, we'll see that God is constantly working through the difficult seasons of our lives to show us that He is everything we truly need. That was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. The implication is God was allowing this difficulty into our lives for a specific lesson that he was trying to teach us. It wasn't the, it wasn't the suffering that was trying to teach Paul. It was God that was trying to teach Paul with the suffering. What's your favorite self-help book or like self-improvement book? Well, there is a book that I read nearly every year. Oh, really? That I don't know that I would categorize it, you know, totally as self-help. I kind of have a negative connotation with self-help. I was going to see if that was part of the conversation. There's a Christian physician who, because he was so concerned with the unhealth that he was Mm -hmm. seeing in his patients, not just physically, but in a real spiritual and psychological way. Yeah. He wrote a book called margin uh, that I usually will read every year, maybe every other year. I'm actually rounding the corner to finish it again right now. Really? uh, As you asked the question and uh, yeah, margin by Dr. I think it's Richard Swenson or Swanson. Mm. And, um, I, you know, it's just a book that I think it gives a detailed description on how in modern Western culture to attempt to live a Sabbath yeah. lifestyle right. and to uh, guard your mind and your heart. The idea of the word margin being to establish margins mm. in different areas of your life, whether it's your time commitments, mm. having a little buffer room, uh, your finances, your energy level, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. different areas, all with the purpose, not of being lazy, but with having more to give in Amen, those moments man. when Christ asks us to go the extra mile mm-hmm. or to be available to someone that we weren't planning on being available to. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, uh, that's been a great book that has helped me build some, I think, important guardrails mm-hmm. into my life so that I could keep doing what I know the Lord's asking me to do and not get too yeah. distracted with things that he isn't. Yeah. Amen, man. That's yeah. so fun. I've heard you actually talk about that book. I haven't read it yet, but I need to put that on my reading list. I was curious for you, like if you even had a kind of weird, I don't know, or a negative connotation towards the idea of self-help or self-improvement only because I just know like in our culture and society that we are a culture and society that is highly influenced by just what we can do, what we can learn, how we can discipline ourselves and uh, kind of find success in our own strength and power. Mm-hmm. And uh, not, there's nothing wrong, obviously, with wanting to become a better person, a healthier person. Like you were saying, these books can be really helpful. But when they get to the point of maybe 
helping us rely only on ourselves and not the Lord, that's when, you know, trouble can kind of strike. So I'm yeah, really the, thankful for this article. Yeah, yeah. we're going to say something. Well, I was just going to say the reality is the Lord really isn't going to put his energy and his spirit into helping us improve in an area mm. that he doesn't really want us to improve in. Yes, and that's right. where some of those self-help kind of things focus. They mm. overemphasize, for instance, uh, categories like uh, maybe physical health or something yeah. like that, you know, where the Lord looks at a, our lives and says, yeah, I want you to be healthy. I want you to be a good steward. Mm-hmm. You know, it says in God's word that uh, physical exercise has is of little benefit. You know, right. there's, there's, yeah. there's, mm-hmm. there is something good about it, but it's godliness that is actually yeah. something God wants us to pursue right. more wholeheartedly than mm-hmm. making sure that we're in top physical condition. So, you know, the idea is going into the word of God to see what areas does the Lord want me to grow in. It's right. interesting that you bring up this idea of self-help because just the other day I found myself fascinated in my just morning quiet time with uh, a list that of qualities that hmm. Peter gives in Second Peter chapter 1. He actually yeah. uses that word qualities four different times. Mm. Here's a list of qualities. These are these qualities are yours. Practice these qualities. Add these qualities to your uh-huh. life. And he lists them. He said, you know, add to your faith virtue or character or integrity. Yeah. Um, add knowledge. So that would be like scriptural knowledge, right. learning, you know, about God. Add self-control. Add steadfastness. Add godliness add brotherly affection with, and then add uh, brotherly affection with love. Mm. So, you know, the idea of setting our sights on something like, okay, I want to add to my faith knowledge, for instance, you know, what am I going to do to add knowledge into my life? Well, we know that God is going to get behind that Mm. effort. You know, he wants to help us in that process. Whereas, he might not be as interested in you having a six pack or right. not, you know, yeah, like, true. um, you know, he, it's not like it's a negative thing. It's yes. just, you know, there, there are certain things that God is really going to, by his spirit, mm. invest himself in to help us with. I love the idea that God invests himself into us about those things that he really wants to see us grow in. That is so rad. I think about, you know, this article you wrote, Nate, from Second Corinthians, um, written by Paul, a guy who, uh, you know, lived a life where he uh, couldn't rely on his own physical strength 100%. You know, he really learned to rely on God and to rely on the Holy Spirit for everything that was coming his way, going through all the hardship he went through, especially for the things that God was calling him towards. He didn't need just a better sleep pattern or better food in his gut. Mm-hmm. He needed the strength of the Holy Spirit inside of him. So... What a cool article, God's Systematic Destruction of Our (laughs) Self-Reliance. And so I thought we could talk about a couple things here. There's three main points, Nate, that you wrote out in the article. The first one is don't rely on yourself. And I love this one. Paul definitely learned not to rely on himself. Um, But I thought maybe you could kind of maybe take us back to the book of 2 Corinthians, that chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. It may help us see... um, what were the circumstances in Paul's life that really 
helped him uh, learn that he couldn't rely on his own strength. Yeah, so he's writing to the Corinthian church, the second letter that we have in Mm -hmm. Scripture to them. And as he opened his letter, he talked to them about God being the God of all comfort and how he Mm -hmm. comforts us in all our afflictions and how we are to take that comfort and comfort others with the comfort that God has given to us. And then Paul announced to the Corinthians, I don't want you to be unaware about the affliction that my team has gone through, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's telling them, Hey, God is comforting you or he can comfort you so that you can comfort others. Um, but he says, I, I don't want you to be ignorant about the suffering that we've endured in Asia, particularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had gone through ministry crises there in Asia, and it had been difficult, painful. We don't know all the details, but he lays it out, and he describes it. And these are some of my favorite verses from Paul mm-hmm. because they're so uh, human, so oh, yeah. intimate. And really, Second Corinthians, especially the first seven chapters, is really like that. It's a very uh, inside look at mm. Paul and his heart and what went on in his mind and soul in ministry. And he said there, we were so utterly burdened beyond strength that we despaired of life itself. Yeah. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. Mm. This is not a melodramatic man that's speaking, you know, oh, that, yeah. um, you know, feels that he has to wait a little long in the line at the gas station or uh, whose paycheck was delayed a day or two or, you know, some minor inconvenience Mm -hmm. or trial that just put him on tilt. No, this is a solid man of God, you know, filled with the spirit. He's been doing incredible things throughout the world. God has his hand on his life in some powerful ways, yet he came to a place where he despaired of life itself, Yeah, felt like he'd received the sentence of death. I mean, this is serious stuff. Hmm. But then he says, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. There was this, you know, he's talking to the Corinthians about receiving the comfort of God. And for him, he said, this was part of the comfort that I got from God when I was going through all that pain and was stretched beyond what I thought I could do beyond my strength, God began to comfort me by showing me Mm. that this thing that I was in, it was helping me learn not to rely on myself, one, but to rely on God, two, who can raise the dead, three. That's how powerful God is. So that's kind of the, the setting of the letter. I just love, you know, when I look at the life of Paul, I just do really see a man who didn't rely on himself. Even in First Corinthians, he talks about not even using the extensive amount of words he has just to communicate the gospel. You know, he just had such a devotion um, and a faithfulness just to God and to his word and to rely on him that it's just very evident that it wasn't just about his strength or his power. But what do you, what do you think God revealed to Paul that would cause him just to fully rely on on God. I know you talked about the resurrection power, but is there anything maybe specific that happened in his life or a certain doctrine maybe or something that just got a hold of Paul to help him really just lean fully on God? Yeah, well, like I said, you know, we don't know what 
he was enduring specifically yeah. there in Asia. Uh, the way that he wrote it, it seems like the Corinthians knew, hmm. but but we don't know. It's lost yeah. to history. He just describes it as utterly burdened beyond strength. So I think he just in, in uh, you know, obviously he was in Asia for to try to evangelize right. and to expand mm-hmm. the gospel and to get it to all nations. Um, and we know that his methodology was to go to cities mm-hmm. and not to the small rural districts, but to go to the cities yeah. so that once the gospel caught there, the citizens could take it to the rural disc- districts. Yeah. And then we also know that he went to the Jew first in those cities. So he'd find synagogues or whatever right. and preach to the Jews first and then give an audience to the Gentiles. So mm-hmm. the Jew first and also to the Greek. And there are, you know, different elements that could be hard about a lot of those things. It could have been that he, you know, was dealing with the difficulty of traveling in mm. the first century. Yeah. Um, it could have been that it was a spiritual pressure. We know that there were times Paul describes or Luke describes in places like Acts 16 where Paul's team tried to go in a certain direction and the mm-hmm. spirit forbade them and yeah. it was difficult for them. <laughs> yeah. um, it could have been just the pressure of living in those ancient cities. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, they, they were impressive in their own right and in that era, but... Uh, if you've ever been to the ruins oh, of like yeah. an ancient city and you go to see like, okay, this is where everybody went to the bathroom. <laughs> this is how the plumbing work. It's yeah. not totally a pretty sight. Yeah. So there might've been some cost associated with that, you know, for yeah. Paul, it could have come from persecution from uh, the Jewish contingent mm. that he was preaching to. There was a lot of times jealousies that arose. It could have been persecution from the local authorities and magistrates and all of that. We don't really know, but I just love that he comes to this place of saying, this was to teach me not to, uh, or to teach us not to rely on ourselves. You know, if you really scan the Bible and think about the different eras of God's work with his people over the years, you know, that work takes a different shape at different times, right? I mean, there's, there's the way that God was working in the in believers before Noah's flood, you know, then there's Mm -hmm. the way that God was working in believers, uh, during Abraham's day. Mm -hmm. And then there's the way that God was working in believers during Moses's Mm -hmm. day, you know, and you can see these different times and, and the way that God was working in believers during the time of the Kings or the time of David, Mm -hmm. you know, there are all these different times where God was working amongst his people. And then you fast forward into the new Testament, of course, and you have the book of acts it, they're all God's people, but God is working amongst them in different ways or with like mm-hmm. a different goal. Like in other words, Abraham wasn't going to uh, Ahimelech, the the uh, the king, uh, and saying, "Hey, Jesus mm-hmm. loves you. He died on the cross right. for your sins. If you believe in Him, you won't perish but have everlasting life." He didn't have that yeah. message yet, right? But still. God was working in all these different eras amongst his mm. people. But there is a, a thing that's constant throughout all of them. I mean, there's a few things that are constant, but one for the purpose of this article and discussion is God was always looking for people who would depend on his strength. 
mm-hmm. and not their own strength. Yeah. So with the, you know, Exodus generation, it was don't trust in chariots and horses, trust in the name of mm-hmm. the living God. You know, the Egyptians are coming. They have all of the modern technology and strength, but right. I'm with you, you know, or when they went into the promised land, you know, don't trust your own power and ability. I'm with you. Trust me, you know, and, and then the same thing carries forward in the new Testament economy. You know, we're called on this mission. We have these things that the Lord wants us to do as we go into all the world, but we're to trust not our own energy, our Mm -hmm. own might, but we're to trust the Lord. And I just love that. I mean, just the, you, you told me before we started recording that you really like the title of this article, you know, God's Mm -hmm. systematic destruction of our self-reliance and just thinking about that, you know, that God is trying to bring like every generation, every, every epoch, every Mm -hmm. believer, he, he wants to bring us into a place where we no longer rely on ourselves and we rely on him. And that's just, I think, for me, at least in my experience, it's just a constant mm-hmm. lesson that you're trying yeah. to learn and that God is faithful to teach us. That's kind of the concept of Paul's verse. Like that was to make us rely not on mm. ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. The implication is God was allowing this difficulty yeah. into our lives for a specific lesson that That's he was huge, trying man. to teach us. It wasn't yeah. the it wasn't the suffering that was trying to teach Paul. It was God that was trying to teach Paul yeah. with the suffering. I love that, man. Speaking of God's power, the last point in the article is that, um, or you, you say it like this, remember God's resurrection power. And I've always found it really fascinating that Paul looked at the resurrection of Jesus and saw the power of God in that, and then himself said, okay, so surely if God's with me, I can handle anything, even death, you know? Um, but can we talk about that a little bit? I know we've recorded a podcast in the past about how the resurrection applies to our life, but maybe we can talk about that again right now, just in the context of Paul's life. How did Paul apply the truth of the resurrection to his own life? And maybe maybe go into just how we can apply that to our own lives too. Yeah. Well, there's a real simple answer to that question. How did Paul apply the resurrection to his own life and the answer is everywhere yeah just everywhere he looked everywhere he looked everything he saw all the brokenness that he experienced uh, the mission that he was on the fragility of his own body and mind everything that he set his eyes on he had a hope and belief Mm -hmm that the resurrection power of God was what was needed Hmm. and the only thing that could handle the problems that were in front of him. Mm -hmm. You know, this Sunday we're, we're at the time that we're recording this, we're going to uh, enter into Hebrews chapter 13 Mm -hmm. as a church. We've been going verse by verse through the book of Hebrews. And if you've been following my articles, but aren't part of the church, then you may have noticed or will notice a lot of articles coming out of the book of Hebrews in the coming months. And it's because we've been studying it together as a church. And there have been some great things to write about from that book. But in the 13th chapter, he gives all these practical exhortations to the church. And there's this little uh, snippet that he gives where he tells us that we need to uh, make sure we don't neglect hospitality. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he says, for by it, 
some have entertained angels unawares. <laughs> so I've been thinking about that concept recently yeah. in preparation for giving this teaching that's coming up. And what he's not doing is saying, hey, here's a motivation for hmm. being hospitable. They might be an angel. That's not right. what he's saying. It's right. not what he's trying to communicate. He is pointing back to the Old Testament, at least, where there are some stories where angels were yeah. walking amongst mm -hmm. them and they enter, you know, people like Lot who entertained right. them, you know, yeah. for a moment. Um, but the concept that's kind of rolling about in my mind is the idea that, hey, there's, yeah, a reward potentially, and mm -hmm. there's something really rich about being hospitable. But the, but a, a second facet of that being you just never know who you're dealing with. Mm. You just never know who you're dealing with. And could it be that the person that you are bringing into your home, that you're engaging with, God's plan for them, God's purpose for them, God's desire for them, should they submit themselves to him, is so rich and powerful and good. Mm. And if we could just get a vision for that, and, and so that, that's why I'm tying this into Paul's statement that the power of God who raises the yeah. dead, I think when he walked around, you know, if he, if he'd walk, if he walked into Target today, you yeah. know, and he's buying his, you know, Trident, gum or something you know and he he is going through the checkout line he would see that cashier and i think there would be a sense in his heart that with the resurrection of christ what what could happen in his or her life would be so powerful and strong mm -hmm. i think he'd see this potential in them that most people just would oh, gloss yeah. over for you sure. know just kind of yeah. going through everyday life so i think for paul everything you know, mm. was in need of resurrection. Wow. You know, he would, even in those moments where he was on the road, you know, traveling, I mean, like I said, those ancient cities were no joke. You yeah. know, there were some beautiful things, but it was also just like the zenith of just humanness yeah. in the bad ways. <laughs> but when he's traveling, you know, he's out on the road. Some, there were times where he would actually just ditch his whole team and just walk by himself yeah. for a long time, you know. And I'm sure he saw beautiful, natural sights as he traveled. Yeah. But even in those moments, seeing the glory of God's creation, I think Paul imagined, what will this be when Christ mm. resurrects it? What will become of this earth and then the new heavens and the new earth when Christ resurrects it? You know, he just always had that vision. I mean, he talked about it in Romans chapter 8, that creation itself is groaning for its redemption. So I think he saw everything as in need of, of God who raises the dead. Let's wrap it up by just maybe thinking about this. You know, I'm thinking about maybe some of us who are listening to this episode and maybe don't feel like in our hearts or in our lives, like we really need God a whole lot right now. Like maybe things are feeling like they're going well or like I got it under control. Just feels like we're kind of coasting right now. Would you maybe have a word for that person who just feels like right now, like I don't, I don't feel like I need God, but I want Him, but I just don't feel like I need Him. What, what can they do to maybe like kind of spark, I guess, just like that, 
fresh devotion to the Lord and reliance on the Lord. Yeah, ask God to help wake you up because <laughs> yeah. that's just not the reality. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what Paul's difficulty helped him learn, mm. right? I mean, he came to a point where he despaired of life itself. He came to the point he was burdened beyond strength and felt that he'd received a sentence of death. And that made him rely not on himself, but on God who raises the dead. The whole time, but I mean, before the trial came into his yeah. life, before the sentence of death and the life despair came into his life, he was meant not to rely on himself, but mm -hmm. on God who raises the dead. It wasn't that God was saying, this is the lesson I want you to learn just for these moments where it's right. crazy. Mm -hmm. That was the lesson he was supposed to learn at all times. It's just that in Amen. the chaos, he saw that lesson afresh. So that's what I mean by ask God to wake you up because whether you feel it or not, you are in that situation. And I think with a little bit of awakened introspection, you can look around and see how desperate your situation mm. actually is. I yeah. mean, is everyone that you know a believer headed to a glorious eternity with God at this point in their lives? Is every relationship that you have operating in that spiritual and pure and holy zone is the future of every person that you're responsible totally locked up and secure mm. and definitely go trending towards and guaranteed to end in godliness and joy and protection you know the reality is that you know we're in a war we're in a fight yeah, so sure. to so just like think about some of those things i think would be would be helpful i asked some questions in the article you know in closing just to ask who in your life requires resurrection what responsibility in your life needs a resurrection? What burden in your life cannot be lifted without the resurrection power of God? And I think that those questions are helpful to just kind of jostle us into a real dependence upon the Lord. See, so many people, when they think about their lives or uh, their responsibilities or the burdens that are laying there, sometimes even dormant in their hearts, a lot of times their coping mechanism is simply to try to ignore them yeah. and say, mm -hmm. well, you know, I do have that burden, but what can I do about it? And I don't want to think too much mm -hmm. about it. It's kind of depressing yeah. to like get into that. But I think it's better to say, God, I can't do this. I don't have yeah. the strength yeah. for this, but I'm relying on you. I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not just saying I can't do this. Therefore I'm going to ignore this. I'm saying I can't do this. Therefore, I'm going to rely on God and his strength. I'm going to keep moving forward. And that's how Paul felt. You know, we're in Asia. We have a job to do. I'm definitely not going to quit this job, but I'll rely on the strength of God to help, help me get it done. All right, that wraps up season four of the Jesus Famous podcast. I hope you've been as blessed by these episodes as we have it's just been a really rich season. So thanks for joining us along the ride. So as you know, we're not going to have any episodes coming at you during the summer months. But if you go to nateholdridge.com, there's going to be all kinds of articles still posted every single week. So you can still get some content from Pastor Nate and keep up with him there. 
but we're looking forward to talking to you in the fall. So stay tuned for new episodes coming this fall and uh, God bless you during this summer. We'll talk to you soon.